Hello again, everyone. This is Mayor Tom Henry, and you're listening to the Mayor Tom Henry Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Now, this is episode number 56, recorded on Monday, April 12th, 2021, from Citizen Square in downtown Fort Wayne. On today's show, I'm pleased to talk with someone who I have known for a very long time, and someone who has given back to the community time and time again. Many times, his service goes unnoticed, and that's why I ask him to join us today. Please join me in welcoming the president of Kelly Automotive Group, Tom Kelly. Tom, thanks for stopping in. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. It's a pleasure. Tom, you and I have known each other, as I mentioned, for a long time, and I've known your family for a long time. Uh, And I know from talking to your father in the past and you and the rest of your family that, uh, especially with the Kelly family, relationships are very important. Partnerships are very important. Can you tell us uh, why that is uh, the way it is with the Kelly family? Well, yeah, I went to work for my dad August 23rd, 1974. And uh, back then, there wasn't a lot of formal training on selling cars. Uh, But my dad told me one of the first days I was there, I met a couple from General Electric that worked with my dad during the war and wanted to buy a car and basically said, hey, we'll we'll take it. And I I said to him, well, normally people sort of ask how much it's going to be before they say that. And I went to my dad's office and he goes, no, Tom, he said, "Uh, here's the deal. Here's a fair deal. They're good friends. And I went to walk out and he wouldn't let go of the paper. He looked me right in the eye and he said, Tom, if you treat every customer and every employee as if they were your best friend, you'll be okay. And that was sort of my dad's philosophy in life. He treated everybody that he met as if they were his best friend. And he made friends with people before he sold them a car. Of course, mm-hmm. once he was your, your friend, he's going to sell you a car. <laughs> right. I remember specifically 1977, you were running for city council as a Democrat. <laughs> and my dad said, hey, I got this young insurance salesman down on Calhoun Street about four blocks down, Tom Henry. He wants to buy a car. Take this one down to show it to him. So I, I go down there. You come out of the building. I'll never forget the first time I ever met you. Mm-hmm. And you said, is this the car your dad said I should buy? And I said, yes, sir. And he goes, okay, I'll take it. I'll take it. And you and I have been friends for what, 44 oh, years. Oh, my God, yes, a long time. So uh, my dad just taught me life is all about relationships, friendships, and uh, and, and you basically <coughs> form partnerships with your friends, and that's just how, how we operate. And as I said earlier, the whole Kelly family operates that way, from your Uncle Bob uh, to, to young Tom to, to the whole group. It's... Uh, uh, it's really uh, a great thing to see that from generation to generation that philosophy uh, passes on. So uh, thank you to the Kelly family for that. Now, your father started, uh, uh, as you said, the automobile business uh, way back in the early 50s. Uh, in fact, Tom, was it, wasn't it true that when your, your dad first began to look at business opportunity, wasn't he looking at, at uh, uh Air, airplanes first? Well, he during uh, the Depression, he graduated from high school in 1936. And uh, prior to that, they had a truck farm out off Engle Road where they grew vegetables and the muck out there. And then every Saturday, they'd drive around town and model a pickup truck and sell them. <coughs> and so he got to be friends. My grandpa drove the truck. Of course, my dad was the salesman and at about 12 or 13. And he got to meet a guy by the name of Lee Bernhardt, who was the vice president of GE. And so when dad graduated from Spencerville High School, 1936, Lee came to visit him and said, Jim, what are you going to do? And he said, well, I really don't have anything. And he said, well, I can get you into the apprentice school at GE. They have one opening. So dad came down and interviewed. He got into the apprentice school, which they teach you to be a toolmaker, and they also give you a two-year degree. Well, when he was buying his books uh, at the school, somewhere close to here, 
uh, he ran into a guy that said, hey, out at Smith Field, uh, which was Fort Wayne Municipal at the time, they're teaching guys to fly for free, civilian pilot training program, because there's going to be a war. And so dad went out there and he got the last spot to learn to fly there. So while he was at GE, he met a guy by the name of Les Myers, who was an engineer, and they started working on airplanes and they had bought a farm off Wayne Trace uh, and Paulding Road, that corner right there, mm -hmm. and, and made an airport out of a grass field, a barn, and called it Myers Field. And so that was my dad's first business venture. <laughs> During the war, he was teaching people to fly and working 40 hours at GE. And then after the war, he was in the flying business. And when the Army moved off Bear Field, they called him up and said, hey, move over here. And he did. And, and that's how he, he got into the flying business. And then he was flying a car dealer around one day in early 1952. And the guy said, hey, there's a Dodge store in Fort Wayne you can buy for $25,000. It's Hainer Dodge. It's the white building right across from the old Holiday Inn downtown. I think it's a title <laughs> company now. And Dad said, well, heck, I'll give that a try. <laughs> so he is signing the papers via Dodge dealer. My mom calls him from Upper Michigan and says, hey, my water broke. My baby's early. He said, get to the airport. So he finished signing the papers, flew up to Michigan, picked her up, brought her back, and I was born that day. So when people say, how long have you been in the car business? All my life. <laughs> oh my how long have you been flying? All my <laughs> life. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh well, Tom, you, you are a major employer in this city. You've got a number of different dealerships now. Uh, obviously, we're beginning to pull out of the, uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, and quite often we talk about how it, uh, the pandemic has, has really crippled the hospitality industry, theater districts, and so on. Uh, but a lot of under, other industries were hurt as well. How did that affect the automobile industry? Well, it depended a lot on where you were. You know, friends in Michigan, New York, New Jersey were totally shut down. Uh, fortunately, with, with you, the county, the state, we were able to operate under uh, some strict guidelines. Mm -hmm. You know, we, weren't, we didn't have people coming in the showrooms. We did a lot online. We delivered, you know, we went and picked up a, car's, a person's car at their house for service, brought it in, disinfected, took it back, because we had a lot of customers. You know, there's 15 or 20,000 people in Fort Wayne that work in the healthcare business. Yeah. And they were full time. They didn't have time to drop a car off. They didn't have time to worry about buying a car. So we did all of that online. And thank goodness, we had a very strong online presence prior to COVID. So we were equipped to deal with it. Uh, so we, we were able to negotiate uh, around the, the obstacles of COVID with the, the masks, the disinfecting cars. Uh, I got to give credit to my, my kids and their team. They, they grabbed it head on and figured it out and kept our employees safe, kept our customers safe, and we're lucky we were in a business that could navigate around and through COVID and the restrictions and the, and the issues, unlike some of the other industries that couldn't. And so I gotta give kudos to you and, and the people in the state of Indiana for figuring out how to do it with as least, least damage. <coughs> you know, the old saying is, we hope the cure isn't worse than disease. Mm -hmm. And I think you uh, and your team did a phenomenal job of navigating the waters where you kept people safe, but yet you didn't kill the economy. Well, thank you, Tom. It, it, took, a, it took a team. In fact, our whole city, uh, from a number, of a number of different angles, stepped up to try to keep our city moving forward, and, and you being one of those as well. Which brings me uh, to talking about your newest business venture. I, you know, most of us know that you've been out at the uh, Avenue of the Autos for a number of years. They're off of Highway 14, but recently you made some significant changes and you also brought an additional uh, dealership. You want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. Um, what really started all this, uh, when I'm an IndyCar team, you know, I got to become 
really good friends with John Menard. I'd met John in the early 80s when he was running Buicks. And so Buick dealers went down the speedway and we met John and Scott Brayton and so forth. But then when I had my team every weekend, John and Tony George and I would hang out together. And John took me to Menards probably in 2000 and thereabouts in, in Indy. And I said, John, we need these in Fort Wayne. He said, okay, I'll call you. So a month or so later, he came up to Fort Wayne and he and I drove around with Barry Sturgis and John bought a side out on Maysville, I have 37 by Myers out there. And then he went to see where all the Home Depot and Lowe's stores were. So we're driving by the old Seifert's building, which my dad and I bought to build a Chevy store on our way up to see Home Depot and Lowe's on Lima Road. And he goes, who owns that? I said, well, my dad and I, but we can't sell it. He goes, oh, let's go see your dad. So we went over to State Street. We went up the steps and he said, Jim, I'll make you a deal. I'll buy it. It's 40 acres. And if uh, I ever build a store, I'll make room for the Chevy store. Well, then he also bought the property on 14. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, uh, you know, I had that relationship with John and then... Before he had a chance to build out on Lima Road, Graham Richard called my dad one day and said, hey, I really need John to build a store out South Town. He said, we need an anchor tenant. And I can't think of anybody that might do it quicker or with less effort than you going to see John. So dad and I flew up to see John. And after my dad and John went back and forth a number of times, <laughs> John finally said to my dad, Jim, is it really that important to you? And my dad said, yes, it is, John. Okay, I'll build it there. So no, John built a store there. And actually, it's doing very well. But that was the catalyst to get Walmart and everything else right, down there. Sure. Uh, well then, you know, I need to move the Chevy store. So I called John up and John says, okay, I'll, I'll sell you that property. Well, about the same time you were navigating this huge uh, reclamation project of the waterway there. Right. And we worked with your utilities department to spread two or 300,000 yards dirt over John's property. In the meantime, I was able to work a deal with you to buy the 10 acres on I-69. Mm-hmm. Well, then about that time, Costco called me and said, uh, hey, sign an NDA and then we'll talk to you. So I did. And they said, we want to come to Fort Wayne. We want to build right there. And if we don't want to go anywhere else, and if it gets out, we won't come. Well, needless to say, I said, okay. Well, then they said, well, you got to build up on the city property because we want to use the rest of it. You and I worked a deal. We were able to build. Costco came. Well, then I needed to move the rest of our stores because our lease is up in April of 22 next year, one year from right now. Right. Uh, and I worked <coughs> with John to buy the 55 acres, did a worked a great partnership between the city of Fort Wayne and Kelly Automotive Group to, to get the roadways done. We're actually improving State Road 14. Well, as this is all going on, Jaguar Land Rover, who I've been bugging since 1999 for a franchise, <laughs> finally relented and said, okay, we'll come to Fort Wayne. We like Fort Wayne. We now realize where Fort Wayne is headed, the trajectory, et cetera. We want lot number one. I said, you got lot number one. So uh, we were able to draw Jaguar Land Rover to Fort Wayne. We're also added many to our BMW store. And, uh, you know, for us, it's a generational uh, investment. Uh, we've created in the last 10 years about 250 additional jobs. I think my dad would roll over his grave if he heard this, but since 2013, when this automobile is done, we, we will have invested $100 million in new buildings and equipment and added 250 employees. And, and frankly, sir, we couldn't do that without the trajectory our area is headed. I mean, I have to have confidence that this is a good investment for the next 25 years. And I do. I, I think where we're headed in this community is unbelievable. The, the jobs we've added, the growth, and what, what's on the horizon is, is, is just phenomenal. Uh, I tell friends of mine about our city, and they you know, all of a sudden, guess what? They know who Fort Wayne is now. They know we're on the map. So thank you, but it's a, it's a great opportunity for us, and it's a great example of a public-private partnership that, that is good for the community. Well, Tom, there's no question that uh, you and your family have have been in, not only in the city for you know 60, 70 years as auto as, as an auto dealership, but uh, 
you've also taken the extra step to uh, give back to the community. You know, there are people who who make uh, a very good living and are selling a particular product or service, and for some reason or another, they kind of forget where they came from and they just don't give back, you know, to the extent that they should. Uh, the Kelly family is is a, a, a real exception to that. Not only again as your family in general, but you have picked up that mantle and run with it as well. Uh, can you share with our listeners uh, some of your personal volunteer service as well as what the Kelly dealership does in the community? Well, uh, you know, my dad was involved in the community. I remember uh, Clyde Adams was a preacher at Union Baptist Church, and he came in and bought a car for my dad in 61 or whatever, and he said, Jim, I, I'd like for you to come to our church. So that next Sunday, we go to Clyde Adams Church sit right in the front row where the only white people in the whole church and <laughs> and my dad at a very early age was so far beyond his times he was introducing me to the black community in such a way that I didn't see any difference you know it was like we were integrated before integration was was proper and my dad sold an awful lot of cars to the black community and he just gave back and in fact I remember one time he made a pledge I forget what it was. I think maybe when he bought Anthony Wayne School for the for the uh, Canterbury School, he went to grade school there in thirty early thirties when they first built it, brand new school, and the city uh, Fort Wayne Community Schools was going to tear it down, and Canterbury wanted it. And my dad went down to whoever was superintendent, it might have been John Young, I forget. And Dad says, "I'm not leaving. You sell me that damn building." He said, "I'm not going to leave." <laughs> so Dad bought it and gave it to Canterbury, and it was pretty expensive. And I said something to him. He said, "Tom." I came into this world without a dime. If I go out without a dime, it's not a big deal. Rudy Mahar and I were the founders of the Boys and Girls Club about 20 years ago. Uh, and I'm very big into organizations that help people that need an opportunity. You know, my dad always said nothing ever happened good to him that wasn't somebody else's help. They, somebody mm -hmm. else lent him a hand. Bud uh -huh. McMillan, dad taught him to fly during the war, and he helped my dad buy his first car dealership. Uh, you know, he just ran into people that always helped him, and he just... There's a lot of phenomenal people uh, in this community that just don't quite have the right opportunity. And so I've dedicated my life to trying to provide opportunities to uh, young minority kids or kids that are underprivileged so that they can have a chance to get a great education. And you give somebody a great education and, you know, they have an opportunity to succeed in life. And I think that's what I'm centered on. You, you and I have talked about the school that I want to build for kids out right. southeast somewhere. Uh, I've got phenomenal community support. I just got to figure out how to do it, but I, I think if we can make Fort Wayne sort of the shining beacon on the hill of how to do this right, uh, we're, we're the size of the community where we can make a difference, you know, and we can do something for this community, uh, I think we'll be an example for the rest of the world to look at and say, well, that's how you, that's how you solve racial problems, that's how you help people get better jobs, <laughs> that's how you help people that are either unemployed or underemployed get better jobs, you know, support their family, buy a house, and guess what, my dad used to say to his friends, when they worked very uh, cooperative, he said, look, damn it. He said, they're either your future customers or your future employees. Give me some money. <laughs> and that's how he looked at it, you know. But uh, there, there's a lot of the groups we've helped, Big Brothers, Big Sisters, but mainly groups that help people that need something. Mm -hmm. Dad was a founder of the Rescue Mission on Superior Street. He was right. the first president. Uh, I went. To, I remember back in the 60s, went to Thanksgiving dinner there with him and, and sat down. And he goes, these are the kind of people, Tom, we need to make sure have a home, have a place to sleep. And uh, he never wanted to see anybody not have a place to sleep at night indoors. And I know we're tackling that issue. Brand new rescue missions, phenomenal. What people have done there is just great. And we continue to make progress in this city. And uh, that's just sort of the type of thing that we really have passion for. Well, it, uh, 
not only what you're doing now, but as you mentioned, your family. <clears throat> yeah, you didn't mention the, uh, the fact that I think your father was also the founder of the, uh, the old Washington House. Yes, he and Bill Hefner. And uh, again, that has something that uh, has had the ability to spin off and do a lot more than people, people realize. Uh, also, your, your, your father used to go to uh, the country of uh, Mendovia. Yeah. Correct. And actually take farm equipment over there to help people because your your dad had had a background in, in agriculture and he had actually taught people how to farm. See, again, a lot of this is under the radar. Nobody knows this in the city, but there has been so much that people in general have contributed. But the Kelly family has done a significant amount of work to make our community just a little bit better place to live and. They don't, you don't take a lot of credit for it. You're, you're very humble in that regard. Uh, but I, I want the public to know that uh, your family has stepped up just time and time again. Well, in fact, speaking of that, Tom, you've been here all of your life. Yep, all, uh, all 68 and a half years. There we go. <laughs> and uh, uh, people talk about the momentum in Fort Wayne and, and where we are now and where we anticipate going. I know we we have plans on probably investing another billion dollars over the next 10 or 12 years. Uh, but from, from your viewpoint, what, what, what have you seen that's, what have you seen that's really changed in Fort Wayne? Well, I, I think uh, one, the attitude of your administration to be proactive. I think, you know, most businesses look at any public entity they have to deal with as being a barrier, right? Mm -hmm. And it's just one step in the process that makes it harder. And I think, I think we've established Fort Wayne as a place where we want to work with people. We are proactive. We, we buy land ahead of time. We go out and offer incentives to get people to come. And, and once people realize it's a welcoming atmosphere, you know, the, it took a lot of work, but you and I worked tirelessly to get electric works done. That was a good deal for the city of Fort Wayne, a good deal for Do It Best, a good deal for the residents of Fort Wayne. And it took us 90 days, but we, you and I worked really hard, and that was a great, uh, you know, my dad always had an expression. He said, a wise man will change his mind, a fool never will. <laughs> and you you negotiated, you, you changed things around, and you got it done. So I think the just the attitude that Fort Wayne is a place that's on a great trajectory, that we're welcoming, that we're a great place to live, work, raise a family, We've got a lot of things going on that, that people that are moving out of Chicago, out of Cleveland, out of these bigger cities, even some states, Illinois for instance, come here and say, well, you know, they got a baseball team, they got a hockey team, they got a park system, they got a trail system, they, they got, you know, reasonable cost of living. We can live downtown like we did in Chicago, or we can live out in the suburbs. We, you, we give people all these choices that are great choices, and I got to give kudos to my, my two friends, Bill Bean and Tim Ash, you know, they came downtown before anybody else, and you worked with them mm -hmm. to develop. You know, Tim built sky, the first Skyline building downtown, and that was the catalyst to get downtown going. Well, downtown is important because there's a lot of young professionals that want to live downtown. Mm -hmm. When Electric Works is done, I'm sure there'll be a lot of professionals that want to live around that area. They can walk to work. They can walk to the ballpark. They can walk downtown. They can walk to a bar and restaurant. You know, we just have a unique combination. And, and the other great thing about Fort Wayne is that we're not influenced by any major city that's around us. So my friends that live in northwest Indiana, you know, if Chicago's doing great, they did great. If Chicago wasn't doing great, they couldn't help it, right? right. We're on this island by ourselves. But I, at the end of the day, it's the attitude of the administration, the willingness to work with companies that come here, the willingness to knock down barriers that normally are in the way, 
and make Fort Wayne a place where people want to come and want to live, want to raise a family, and want to enjoy life. And I think that's a, sort of the secret potion, if you want to say, why we're having all these inquiries. What a way to finish the show. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> but, but unfortunately, that is all the time we have for today. I want to thank you personally for coming in today. I know what a busy man you are, and, and uh, you work as hard as anybody I know in moving this city forward. So again, thank you. And thanks to you, our listeners, uh, for tuning in today as well. It is another great day in the city of Fort Wayne, so let's keep our momentum going. This is Mayor Tom Henry, and we'll see you again soon.